Tech Conversations here on Metro FM Talk. And my guest this evening is a journalist with New Frame, Nosawe Ngositabe, who's been writing a series on the need to regulate uh, the gig economy and uh, uh, certainly worth checking out his work out there on the new frame. But uh, Musawi Gosi, you know, we spoke, I guess, at length about the uh, food delivery side of the gig economy. Talk to me about other aspects of it. I mean, it might be the ride hailing right through to, you know, the cleaning service, domestic work elements. Um, and some of what uh, I guess uh, you've seen in the work that you've done that is common and maybe in instances where there are peculiarities and things that are unique um, to, to each subsector. Maybe we can talk through that as well. Um, uh, I, I'm going to, to, to limit myself on, on, the, on the e-hailing uh, aspect of it. Uh, okay. um, uh, for instance, there is, uh, there is a class action that is being prepared by, 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 by a law firm. I think it's Mbuyesa and Molele Atenas representing Uber drivers in South Africa. Yes, we spoke to him. Yeah, yeah. Is, 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 I think, as you might know, the the UK judgment basically declared uh, Uber drivers in the UK um, as workers entitled to national minimum wage and, mm. and and leave time. So they are trying to 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 pursue a class action um, that will benefit uh, Uber drivers in South Africa. In that, the 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 insistence that these guys are these men and women are. are independent contractors is not sustainable in law I mean if you look at the nature of the relationship that they have with UPA they have no say in terms mm. of the money they make in terms of the rates they charge um, they, they have little say in terms of you know when they are being deactivated from the app so UPA controls all of that through algorithms so mm. they want to, to to sort of retain and have those benefits similar to, to what uh, the UK, you know, court uh, sort of ruled, because I think, you know, to draw parallels between what is happening with Uber Eats and 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 and, and the e-hailing company, is that they they own the cars. Uber drivers bear the cost, the insurance, the tires, petrol, mm. and and Uber literally provides the app and takes twenty five percent of that. Mm. Um, and and looking in terms of the impact of COVID, where there was a time where they were not, um, you know, able to to work or the work was limited, with many people working from home, many have had to have their cars repossessed. Um, also, the restructuring of Uber, the introduction of Uber Go, um, we saw I think weeks ago where Uber guys were striking about the introduction of this new form, which is basically lesser. It has lesser, you know, you make lesser money and and they are saying we're not consulted in introducing these kinds of of new things just to compete with Bolt. Um, so these are some of the of the things that they say. If you say we're partners, then include us in decision making. Uh, mm. But that is isn't happening. So that, that those are some of the of the issues. I think I touch on on the second piece that will come come out on on, on the new frame website where we, we, we sort of look at the impact of this UK judgment uh, on, 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 on South Africa. Mm. You know, I mean, it's quite interesting because when we spoke to the, to the folk uh, um, in relation to the class action lawsuit, um, w one of the things they were saying was that th this has the potential to unravel so many things. I mean, if, if you're saying to me an application which is registered um, in all manner of jurisdictions. I mean, it might be an American company, 
register in the Netherlands or Ireland or wherever. That takes 25% of, off of every ride paid for by a South African. Uh, one hopes that this is also going to, I guess, bring up a lot of the issues around uh, taxation and, and foregone taxation. Uh, because effectively there is that dynamic uh, where many of these entities have aggressive tax planning structures uh, that uh, shift them away from, I guess, paying what is due to the receiver of revenue in many of the countries they operate in. Mm. That, that, that's true. That's true, I because, you know, the amount of money that they are making and, and without, you know, workers that, I mean, because drivers are literally, you know, the, the, the full soldiers of the, of, the, of the gig economy in terms of Uber and other e-hailing e uh, transport companies. I mean, mm. they, they own the cars, um, but they are struggling to pay off the cars, the installments. But the, the, the profits that these companies are making, they are not willing to share those profits with, 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 with workers. And most of them work long hours without leave, you know, because you are self-employed. Therefore, if you don't work, you don't get money. So, you know, it's, it's exploitation of, you know, of different kind as, as we move through digitization, you know, new mm -hmm. forms of work are being made. And, and capital constantly tries to find new ways of, of maximizing profit and not really sharing with, with the rest of the workers. Mm. What can we learn? I mean, you made a very interesting point earlier on um, about the difficulty. If I were to wake up tomorrow, create an app, you know, for meter taxi drivers uh, out at Brie, for instance, that it wouldn't have the same credibility, nor would it have the same market presence of a Bolt, of an Uber. Um, and I guess, you know, I make the same point even in the de food delivery space, that I wouldn't be able to gain as much traction. That already says to me there's a competition and a market structure issue there in terms of how that market has been carved up and the role of those who have dominant market power in determining who can come into the sector and, of course, the terms on which people can come into that sector. Uh, what can we learn here about how you know, the U.S. has dealt, for instance, with that from what they call an antitrust perspective? I mean, and, and I, you're being unfair, you know, I'm a mere journalist here. Um, but, but I'll try. No, my brother, <laughs> we, we are co-creating here. We need to yeah, yeah, get to sure, at least... Sure. Uh, no, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think for me, the most important thing that we should um, try and do is perhaps speak to the people who are the drivers of this economy, the human beings that are at the forefront in terms of mm. these e-hailing companies, that let them own these platforms, you know, because if they have ownership... Because the means of protection, it's their cars, it's their scooters. Let them, you know, you know, have joy of the fruits of their labor by yeah. owning these platforms. I mean, I think at the level of regulation, I mean, questions should be asked, what is the Department of Transport doing, you know, around Uber? It's been too long. The legislation is to come. And we have seen many die in, in, the, in, the, in the meter taxi wars. Uh, with Uber, where the meta taxi guys are saying, no, there is unfair competition. Um, for instance, in an Uber, you know, one, I mean, more than four people will be writing for one price. It's like, for instance, 90 rand to go to, to the airport. But in a meter taxi, they charge per head. So Uber comes and then kills literally that competition, that market. So without regulation, um, and government really stepping up to, to, to come to the rescue of, of the market because human beings that are involved in these sectors 
are, are impacted um, badly, badly. It's interesting. I mean, you, you were saying earlier, uh, Eddie Webster says that these atypical workers are employees without an employer. It's interesting that there are also people who have control over and oversee the means of production without, I would think, any access to the surplus value they create, which is, which is also, I guess, uh, in and of itself a paradox. That's true. I, um, and 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 it, it, it's that you know that you, you can see that drivers or people that are involved in this economy are in a very difficult position, where it's difficult one to organize to have one voice because you are an individual, you're self-employed. Even organizing in that space to speak with one voice, it, it's difficult because I, as almost are driving an Uber, might have. A bank on my neck, and if there's a strike, I'm, I want to, you know, to continue to work and make sure that I am able to 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 pay the loan. Uh, mm. But other people might want to be addressing the issue collectively. But it's even difficult to do that. Uh, but Ed Webster says that's the double-edged sword. You know, it's possible that we can use the technology to organize ourselves as the Upa It guys did. Um, but on the other hand, it's it's, it's, it's control over you, your life, where you stay, mm. the two algorithms and all that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the power, the power of the gig economy and surveillance capitalism, I guess. Uh, Musa Winkos, I think many of our listeners uh, are very interested, um, I guess, in where they can find uh, uh, this material. And before you tell us that, I've just got one tweet here coming through from Shaira Kala. Uh, and uh, she says, the company I studied in for my MSc, Masters of Science, uh, is called Sweep South South Africa. Now, its founders describe it as an Uber for domestic work and plan on expanding to other gig work across the continent. They may argue they create work opportunities, but at, but at its core, capitalism or platform capitalism is exploitative. Just your comment on uh, what Shira is raising there. And I guess also uh, maybe just where people can find the series uh, as uh, as I said earlier, as we try and co-create the questions and, of course, the solutions as well. Yeah, I think she's absolutely correct. Um, the, the gig economy at the core is very exploitative. You know, at first, you know, people speak of it nostalgically. You know, you'll find an Uber driver says which it was it was nice at first, but now things have changed. I think at the core of it, uh, you know, because it sold itself as a sharing economy, with South Africa, with a high rate of unemployment, most people are full-time Uber drivers or boat drivers or, you know, because it's not a side thing. People are permanently are using it as, as the only source of income. Um, the series is available on, on newframe.com. Uh, also, you can follow newframe at newframe uh, underscore news. Um, you know, we do social justice uh, journalism. Mm. Um, and, and thank you so much, uh, Aya, for the opportunity to, to come and share these stories of, 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 of people, the working class people. Thank mm. you so much. No, definitely, my brother. Musa Wenkosi, um, kudos to you and uh, the team there for great work and uh, for really coming through and sharing some of the work here on this platform. We'll continue to uh, follow it, of course, um, you know, as a platform that is unashamedly uh, for working people. And, uh, you know, that's what we're about. And uh, we certainly hope... Uh, that uh, you can continue in the work that you do and uh, may you long uh, receive the support you need to continue to do it. No, Musa Wengosi Kabe is a... Uh